Open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, and as you do, Emily and Ben, come on up here. We have a special gift for each of you, Emily and Ben. In here is a Y Baptist book, so they remember where they've come from, and a Starbucks card to keep them awake while they read it. And we want to hear what you're going to be doing, so Emily, come and tell us. Give us your name and what your plans are. My name is Emily Hollinger. Next year, I will be attending Edison Community College to begin studying elementary education, and then I will be transferring to Wright State to finish out my bachelor's degree. Good. Ben. Uh, My name is Ben McDermott. I will be working full-time at Honda as an equipment service technician as I pursue an engineering degree at Edison State Community College. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. We're so proud of these young people. Ben ran in a track at States yesterday, right? Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Come on, that's pretty cool. Let's, let's, give them a, let's give them a hand on that. We love their families. We're very thankful for these young people and their testimony. And if you look at Colossians chapter 1, This as a church, this is our desire for these young people. And of course, it's our desire for all of you, for everyone in here as a pastor. This is my prayer for you, but specifically, this is my prayer for Ben and Emily this morning. Look at what it says, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire. And here's this is what we want for Ben and Emily that ye might be filled with the wisdom, with the knowledge of his will. Filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. For he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that as we just take these few minutes and Try to communicate to these young people how much we love them and what your plans for them are. Father, I pray that this will be an effective time, a helpful time. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to notice a couple of things first. In verse 9, for this, also, for this cause also, since the day we heard it, what did they hear? They heard in verse 3, we give thanks to God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith, in Christ Jesus, and of the love which ye have to all saints. Do you know what I'm thankful for? Ben, I'm thankful that you're saved. 
that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you have parents that love you and that love the Lord and have been faithful to the Lord, faithful in church. And they've invested that in you. I'm thankful that you've gotten to know Ty and Diana and the investment they've made in you. Emily, I'm thankful for your, well, at least I'm thankful for your mom. I'm thankful for your parents, that they love the Lord. I remember when we got to lead Chad to the Lord. How long ago was that now? 2010, March 23rd, 2010. And it changed, it, it changed everything in his life. It changed your family. And you all have been faithful in church. Your sister got married. You're faithful in church. And you're saved. You know the Lord. You have a good testimony. But this is just the start. See, at this point, your parents will kill you if you mess up. Now you're at the point where now you're going to start making your own decisions. And these decisions are found right here. The answer to these decisions. A lot of times we see that young people, well, I'm praying for the will of God in this area. I'm praying for the will of God in this area. Well, the Bible says here in verse 9, for this cause uh, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. So how can you be filled? with the knowledge of his will. You shouldn't have any confusion as you step out. Most people, you know, you're going to start with elementary education. You're going to start with what type of engineering? Electrical mechanical engineering. Who knows if you're going to end up using that? Who knows if you're going to end up using that? How many of you started on one path and ended up somewhere else? Right? That's not the issue. Your vocation is much less important than your relationship with God. When you establish some parameters in your life, when you're filled with the knowledge of his will, then the world is open to you. You can choose any career that that God has blessed you to be able to do. You know, I wanted to be the center on the basketball team. God did not have that plan for my life, okay? But within God's will, it doesn't, if you want to be a circus clown, it doesn't matter if, sorry, mom, it doesn't matter if you can do that in God's will. So let's look at that for a minute. What what is God's will for you? Go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1. Look at verse 3. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's the only place we can really get grace and peace. Right? Verse 4, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So what's, what's God's will for you? That you're delivered from this present world. Now, ultimately, we'll all be delivered. Either we're going to die or the rapture is going to take place and the Lord's going to take us out of this world. But in the, in the meantime, he wants us to be delivered from the evil that's in this world. Your parents have protected you from a lot of that. And I know at school you've seen stuff and you've heard stuff. And in our digital age, it's almost impossible to grow up without having seen things that you would rather have not seen. I understand that you have, you've experienced some of that evil in the world. But I'm also thankful that you really don't know. Amen, parents? Man, how many of you are thankful that your parents protected you from the evil that was out there? Some of you ended up in that evil. And you could stand up here and give a testimony about how you don't want them to have to experience that. Do you know that that's what God's will for your life is? When, when Jesus Christ prayed for his disciples, he prayed that they would be kept from the evil. That's, that's what he wants. 
You can be in the world, but you don't have to be of the world. Look at Colossians chapter 4 in verse 12. So this is talking about Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So how do you, how do you stand perfect and complete? What, what does that even mean? It's that you're mature. It's that you're mature. And if, if you two are like the normal, the girl's generally more mature than the guy, right? So Laura is almost eight years younger than me, and she's still more mature than I am after all this time. But that's what this is talking about. Perfect and complete in the will of God. First of all, you need to know what the will of God is. And it's not some mystical weird thing. I'm going to pray for hours and burn incense to try and figure out what God's will is. That, that's silly. God tells us exactly what his will is. And he wants you to be complete. He wants you to be perfect in that. And that's the prayer. That's the prayer that Epaphras, Epaphras had for these saints at Colossae. That's, that's the prayer that we have for all of you that we know what God's will is, because honestly, life can be pretty hard. Amen? Life can be difficult. You get into situations where you have to make choices, and your, your choice is the least bad choice. Right? So the, that, that's the world that we live in. The will of God is not part of that. The will of God, when you are perfect and complete in that will, then when you have to make those choices... Even though they seem impossible, you are better equipped to make them. And that's why it's important that we know exactly what God is talking about with when he's speaking about his will. Look at Romans 15 and verse 32. Let's start reading in verse 30, Romans 15 and verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. So Paul, is he's, he's asking this church, the, the believers at Rome, to pray for him. Verse 31, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. But look at verse 32. That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. So, God's will for you guys is that you serve the Lord with joy. Don't think that serving God is a drudgery. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God will give you the desire, you'll want to do it, and the ability to do what he wants you to do. And that's how you find happiness. So, like for me, I, I love to study. I love to read. I obviously love to talk. So God called me to preach. I, I love doing it. Be honest, how many of you don't like speaking in public? Would you raise your hand? You don't like speaking in public. That's why God didn't call you to be a pastor. He didn't equip you to do that. So God has something else for you to do. Sometimes you guys might think, that if I surrender to what God has me to do, that it will do something that I hate. 
The Bible describes God as our father. Ben, your father wants you to be happy. That's what your father wants for you. He wants you to be happy in the Lord. He wants you not to just be happy in the flesh, because we can all do things that make us happy for a little period of time that ends up causing trouble, right? We, you, you start drinking, and I, I, I've never, I, I only tasted beer once. I, I don't have any idea what it's like to be drunk or anything like that. I'm pretty special, aren't I? No, my dad would have killed me. And by the time I was old enough to make my own choices, I, I, I chose not to do that. But from what I understand, when you get drunk, it feels good. Until you get drunk, and then you get drunk, and then you get drunk, and then your life is gone. See, the Bible talks about the the pleasure of sin for a season. It feels good for a little while, and then your life is completely destroyed. So when I say, Ben, that your father wants you to be happy, he doesn't want the happiness that, that, that drugs bring. Now, of course, I'm not worried about you taking drugs. It's Emily's, but you, I'm not worried about you taking drugs. That's not the point. Drugs can provide temporary happiness. Only the Lord provides joy and peace for eternity. That's our desire for you. However your career works out, that's not the issue. Now, of course, we want you to be able to provide for your home. We want you to be a productive citizen. I'm not worried about that at all. I'm not worried about that at all. Folks, because we are capitalists, praise God, socialism is satanic, amen? Because we are capitalists, we care about our kids' careers. We care about what they're going to do. We want to make sure, Emily, your parents are very concerned that you marry a guy that can provide for you. Because Hannah married Liam. (laughs) The guy works harder than anybody I know. But we're talking about now you providing for a home And we really care about that as parents, but we can get so wrapped up in that that we help our kids walk away from the Lord because they go to college and we don't care whether they're in church or not. We don't care. Now, of course, that's not, that's not your parents. But how many of you know exactly what I'm talking about with this? See, the the career is much less important than who you are in the Lord. But what God's will is, is that you work your job. You provide for your family. The Bible says in Ephesians, the reason we work is so that we have to give to those that are in need. So you order your life so that you earn money, provide for your family, and give, but that's not enough. What God's will is is that you do that in joy. And only the Lord can provide that kind of joy because you are fulfilled because you're doing what God wants you to do. Emily, as a young lady in this world, the, the, the world will convince you that your career is more important than a family. Well, if you choose a career, don't have a family. If you choose to have a family, that's your career. I'm all for a young lady having a job and being trained and able to earn and all of those things. That is second to the family. And you have a world that will try and tell you that that's not enough. I know you're thankful that your mom was home in the summer. When you were off school, your mom was with you. Now, some of you ladies, because of the way that, the, that, that, that what life has brought you, you're at work way more often than you would choose to be. That's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about the choices that we make 
right now to allow us to do the things that God wants us to do in joy. In joy. So, let's go to the next. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Look at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit or to know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their, look at, deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. That's an amazing verse. So in a great trial of affliction, they have an abundance of joy. In a trial of affliction, they have an abundance of joy. How many of you would want, they, none of us want trials, none of us want affliction, but how many of you would love for that to be said of you? That even in trouble, I have the joy of the Lord. But not only that, they were in deep poverty. Deep. That's not that they couldn't buy the, the next Xbox game. They didn't have food. They didn't have clothing. They didn't have shelter. Deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Even though they were in deep poverty, they cared for the other believers and wanted to help the other believers. What does that do? Look, so look at what it says in verse 3. For to their power, so the power that they had to give, I bear record, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So the, the Apostle Paul saw how poor these people were and he didn't want them to give as much as they were giving for these other poor saints because he knew it was going to cost them. They, they begged Paul to take this. So now look at what it says in verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So here's, here's God's will for you, Emily. Here's God's will for you, Ben. We want you to, to, to be willing to give. We want you to, to give, but first we want you to give yourself to the Lord. You can't buy yourself to heaven. You can't buy your way to happiness. You can't buy your way to friendship. It, that does not work. But the Bible says that the will of God was that they gave themselves to the Lord and then to God's servant, the Apostle Paul. In the New Testament churches, you're giving yourself to the leadership of the local church. So it might be that you help in the Sunday school class. It might be that you help down at the farmer's market. It might be that you help at the fair ministry. Whatever it is, you give yourself to the Lord, then you give yourself in service, and then you give your stuff. But your stuff is much less important than you are. And there are a lot of people that are serving in churches around our community and around the world who have never given themselves to the Lord. You know what's going to happen at Judgment Day? Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do all these things in your name? And Jesus says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. So that's where we get to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 18. How are we supposed to live in this world? Because life is hard. We don't have any idea where the economy is going to go. You guys aren't promised jobs when you graduate from college. The, the, the economy might turn. Isn't this a happy message? The economy might turn. The, the, we have no promise of what's going to happen in the future other than heaven and trouble. You are promised trouble. And you're also promised heaven if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ as your Savior, which I know you two have. So look what it says in verse 18. How are we supposed to live in the middle of all of this? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So very important here. It doesn't say for everything, give thanks. God, thank you for this flat tire. God, thanks for this mole on my face. I love that. No, it doesn't say thank God for everything. It says thank God in everything. You know, you hurt your foot. Thank God I have a foot. Right? God, what, what, do you, what do you want me to do? I remember years ago, Andy, how long ago was it that you were driving to Tennessee and your car drove into the cement wall? And 20 years ago or something? 22 years ago. And here's the thought he had, because I had just preached on something. He called me to come and get him. His car's trashed. And the first thing he said, I wonder what God protected me from down the road. That's cool. Isn't that the right way to look at things? God, what have you stopped me from doing? I know that there, there were educational opportunities that I had and things got in the way and I would not be here today if God hadn't closed those doors for me. That's what it means, give thanks in everything. Because you're going to run into trouble in your education. You're going to run into trouble in your education. Or it could be when you go into your career, you're going to run into trouble. You might have to move to another job. You might have a boss that you can't stand or who can't stand you. And you've got to move to a different direction. In all of it, give thanks. What if you lose your health? You know, you just ran. And, you know, if I ran to the back of the building, I'd have a heart attack. That's coming for you. I promise. But what happens if God takes your health? God forbid, <laughs> amen, in everything, give thanks. And that's what God's will is. Look with me at chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look at verse 1. Furthermore then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. Right, just you, you know the Bible tells you how to walk, how to live in this world. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. So verse 3, what's the will of God? For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So, Emily, here's God's will for you, that you walk down the aisle pure. Ben, here's God's will for you, that you walk down the aisle pure. That's not the message that the world gives. The message gives the world that relations with the opposite sex, it's just fun and you've got to live and this is your time to do it and you end up destroying your life. 
You know, the reason that God brings all those diseases into the world and all the trouble into the world is to warn us. Don't do that. You see, I'm never going to become an alcoholic if I don't drink. Right? I'm never going to become addicted to pornography if I never look at it. I'm never going to lose my family if I stay faithful to my wife. This is so important that you get this. What I want to do God's will. Well, then be pure. That's what God's will for you is. That's what God's will for all of us is. Well, that ship sailed. Well, you can be pure from here on out. Amen? Then, look with me at 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Let's start reading in verse 7, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So just keep in mind when you start loving this world so much, it's not for long. This, it seems, well, no, it's a long time. Verse 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Just remember that. Why? Verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. He's not a slacker, as some men count slackness. But is long-suffering to us, word, look at what it says. Not willing, what's his will? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's will for you is that you turn to him in repentance for salvation. I believe you've done that, but only you know. That's what God's will for you is. And then in your daily walk, let's Emily, let's say that you have a problem with, I don't know, covetousness, and you, you covet what other people have. Well, repent. That's what God's will is. Repent. Ben, let's say that your sin is dissatisfaction. You're never happy with the job that you have. Repent. Be thankful for the job that God provides you. You know, you're going to have some lousy jobs between now and when you graduate. One of the best things that you parents can ever do is help your kids get lousy jobs when they're young so that they end up with a better job for the future. Amen? How many of you worked some of those terrible jobs? Man, I had a job working in the middle of the night at U.S. Steel under the continuous conveyor, standing in three feet of axle grease, reaching in and finding the metal that fell out in like 30 degrees, 25 degrees. That's a bad job. Praise God, I get to be a preacher, right? You're going to have some bad jobs. Emily, you're going to be in some situations that you don't like. Understand, that's temporary. That's temporary. And when your, your desire is to develop a bad attitude, a bad spirit, repent. And whatever it is, if it's lust, repent. What, whatever it is, and what is that? What is repentance? So let's say that I came up and kicked you in the shins. And then I said, I'm sorry. And then I did it again. And you said, I'm sorry. The next time you see me, I kick you in the shin. I'm sorry. Well, I might be sorry, but that's not repentance. Repentance is I don't kick him in the shin anymore. Right? That's what God wants from you. He doesn't want you to be sorry. He wants you to repent. That's what God's will is. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 1. And look at verse 10. 
Here's what God's will is for you. This is our prayer for you. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Walk like a Christian. How many of you remember that song, Walk Like an Egyptian? Remember that? How many of you thought of that already when we said that? Yes. Walk like a Christian. You know what a Christian walks like? And it doesn't have, you don't have to wear a tie to be a Christian. You know, you don't have to have your hair a certain way, Emily, to be a Christian. Walk like a Christian. Don't live in open sin or private sin. Be kind to people. Be gracious. Be forgiving. Be respectful. Be a a, a productive member of society. Be the kind of person that if somebody says something about you that's bad, nobody believes it. Because you're blameless. Ben would never do that. That's not the Ben I know. I, I don't believe you. That's the kind of man you want to be. That's the kind of lady that you want to be, Emily. That you're walking on, uh, worthy of the Lord, being fruitful in every good work. Oh, being fruitful? You actually produce something for the Lord. You guys have been given everything to this point. You have both begun giving back, but it needs to be a life of being fruitful in good works and increasing in the knowledge of God. Man, you guys have a great foundation in the Word of God. That's what you've been given. Well, all that is, it's a foundation to learn on. Ben, you're going to go and you're going to study engineering and you're going to learn some things and you don't know why you need to know it. You're going to get your job. You're going to wish you had paid attention better in that particular class. Amen? That, that's what we do. But the purpose of your education is so that they can be, teach you how to do the job. You're, you're going to build on that. Well, that's what your biblical education has been. We've given you a foundation that you can build on. I want you guys to pass me in knowledge of the Bible. You're not there yet, I promise. (laughs) Okay? But that's that's my desire. It's wonderful. Uh, Some of you that I know, you you have studied the Bible. When we have question and answer, and you raise your hand, and I think, oh, no. They know more than me. I'm not going to know the answer to this question. That's what I want for you guys. I want you to increase in the knowledge. Then, verse 11 strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering and joyfulness. Patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness. Patience, waiting. You know, you don't need to have all your parents' stuff when you're 25. Patience, patience. Long-suffering. Do you know what long-suffering is? It's suffering long. It's just that, that that's the condition of the world, but you have joyfulness while you do it. Don't be a sourpuss. Be be a person that exudes the joy of the Lord. Then, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, that's acceptable in his sight, to be partakers of the inheritance in light. What is that talking about? It's so hard for young people. And this isn't demeaning. This is just, it's just the way that it is. You can't imagine what it's like to retire to be facing death. And you know what? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad you don't know that yet. But what I want for you is to always keep in mind that you have an inheritance coming. And it's the inheritance of the saints in light. You're going to be with us forever. You might as well be with us now. Right? Or if God puts you somewhere else in another good local church. Being with God's people. Because that's your inheritance with the saints in light. And there's so much more to that. Why? Because he's delivered us from the power of darkness. And he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Listen, the temptation is always going to be there. Ben, I, I, I would imagine, you don't have to answer this, that you enjoy looking at pretty girls. I would imagine that's the case. That'll never go away. 
Admiring beauty is not sin. Allowing your mind to go somewhere or you to do something, that's when it becomes sin. And here's the thing, Emily, whatever it is, whatever the temptation, we are all born with certain proclivities, things that are in our flesh that want to lead us away from God. All of us have that. But what this verse is saying is you don't have to surrender. You don't have to. He has delivered us. Christ has delivered us from the power of that into the kingdom of his dear son. Isn't that cool? We have that. And who is he? Who is he? He's the one who gave us redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. By him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. So go out into the world. Enjoy everything that is right. Enjoy all of it. It's his. It's created for him and by him. And you know what he did? He says here, it's for you. Enjoy life. Laugh. Have fun. Experience great food and fun things and do all of that. But all within that will of God. And I can promise you, I was just with my friends in Chicago. Did you hear the city's not there anymore? I was just there with my friends in Chicago, my three best friends in the ministry. And we had so much fun. We were sitting in this restaurant late at night. We were laughing so hard. A lady and her husband were walking by and stopped and said to us, I'd love to know what the joke is. We didn't have to have booze or drugs to have fun like that. And we can actually remember what happened. That's what I want for you guys. That's what I want. I want you to have the best friends in the world. I'm so blessed. My friends love the Lord. Isn't that cool? See, this is what this is our prayer for you. This is what we want for you. And church, this is what we want for you. Amen? Let's all stand together. Lord, we are so thankful for Grace Baptist Church and what you're doing here.